I, I think the only response to that is just give God, give God praise again, y'all. Come on. I mean, I mean, just in how the band leads us um, and just what God has done all semester, as I was getting ready, as I was preparing this message uh, for tonight, right, we've been going through this series, and uh, I personally, I, I couldn't help but to think of uh, you know, and every semester it happens like this. I've been here four years, and you just kind of get all these, you know, emotions and all that good stuff. And, uh, and it's just like, just what God has done this semester, right? And, and a lot of you sitting in the room right now, like you are testimony of that. You are the ones, <laughs> like in the room, who have gotten saved this semester. You are the ones in the room who have been baptized this semester. You are the ones that have become members this semester. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. And so I just... You know, as we look back on the semester and just what God has done, it is just incredible. Um, just to look at his faithfulness, how good he is to us. Um, and if you have been with us for any uh, amount of time for the past couple of weeks, you know that we've been going through a summer commissioning uh, series uh, for the past few weeks. And so we have, we have tackled a couple different aspects of missions, right? And you guys know this is kind of what we've been doing. We've been talking about missions, talking about what it's like, talking about the reality the risk, like talking about how people died for the gospel, talking about how, uh, how God just has used the gospel uh, through different people, right? Like through different centuries and different years. And so tonight we're going to land on the reward of missions. And so don't think you can get out of here without having a reward. You're like, okay, God, okay, I'm called to die. I'm called to deny myself. Is there actually a reward? Is there something good that comes out of missions? And absolutely, there's a reward in missions. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is I'm not going to really beat you up a whole lot like I have been doing the past couple weeks with like, all right, you're, you're called to die. You're called to deny yourself. Like there is a reward. And so as we dive in to this reality, to the reward of missions, I want to ask you to turn in your Bible to Revelation chapter 5. It's the very very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 5. Maybe use the table of contents if you need to. Pull it up on your phone. Maybe share with a neighbor. It's going to be on your screen. Revelation 5. As we look into this, the reward of missions. The reason that it is a reward to do missions uh, as we have come to this part of our commissioning series, actually sending people out tonight, the whole reason it is a reward is because John is painting us this picture in Revelation 5. It's titled The Scroll and the Lamb. We're going to be focusing just on a few verses, not on the whole chapter, but the reason it is a reward is because we're going to be focusing on a picture tonight that is in eternity for eternity. And so that is the whole goal for tonight, is that our reward as believers, as followers of Jesus, is in eternity and it is for eternity. So this is the picture that, that John is painting for us. And so as he goes through this, we're going to be in verses 9 through 14. If you have ever read through this chapter, then you know kind of what John is doing. He is giving us a future uh, picture of what is going to happen and what is happening now inside of all of eternity. So it's not just a picture saying this is happening, but it's also an invitation saying you need to join in on what is happening. One day you need to make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus so that one day you can be in the reward of missions. And this is for everybody. So if you notice, uh, 9 through 14, there are a few different things before we dive in. 
there's a few different things that we need to see. So there's, there's sayings, there's words like they sang a new song or in a loud voice they were saying or in all the earth I heard them say. And so anytime that scripture is saying these types of things, you need to go ahead and underline it, take note of it, understand there's something good about to happen. Like John is telling us, all right, I'm going to fast forward you. I'm going to give you a picture, not of this world, but I'm going to give you a picture of all of eternity. And so whenever I hear a song being sang, you need to take note of what they're singing. Whenever I see something happening, you need to take note of what is happening. So look with me in, in verses 9 through 14. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to fly through this as quickly as possible tonight. Verse, verse 9 says this. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. The first thing that we see here, a few applications that we need to take note of inside of what John is telling us. Number one, our reward is to sing to the Lamb. This is our reward. So as we talk about being sent out, as we commission these roughly 20 students from our group to go to different parts of the world, different parts of our nation, different parts of our city, the, we, we do this because there is a reward at stake. There is a reward to be had inside of our lives. A reward is to sing to the Lamb. Verses 9 and 10. As we started out with this, we see John, he is telling us this whole idea of this is what people are being faced with. This is the people's identity that you're going to witness to, right? As you go on mission and as you go to these different places, as you get on a plane, as you, as you go, it's not just for the people. This is what you need to understand. It's not just for the people who are going long distances to hear this word tonight. It is also for all of us who may not be going long distances and for all of us who are going tomorrow back to our campuses, even though our semester is almost over, praise Jesus, right? Like even though it's almost over, it is also for you. And so as we look into missions, we have to get rid of this mindset that like, all right, I have to go far away to finally see my reward one day. I have to go far away to share with people who have never heard about him. That's not what verse 9 and 10 is talking about. Is saying that our reward is to sing to the Lamb, but in order for other people to sing about Jesus being worthy in heaven, think about this, they have to respond to his worthiness here on earth. This is, this is where we come in, into God's big scheme of missions. In order for people to, to sing about him being worthy in heaven, this is what John is telling us. They are singing worthy they're singing to the one who spilt his blood. They're singing to the one who died on their behalf. They're singing to the one who gave them salvation. But in order for them to get to that point, 
You have to see the reality of what is happening. They have to respond here on earth to what he has done for them. Many, many people believe that, like, I'll be okay because when I die, I will still have a chance. It will be okay. I can, surely God will give me another chance when I get to heaven to turn from my sins, right, and to, and to believe in him. And according to scripture, that's not how it works. The moment we die, we stand before judgment for Jesus. And, and this is what John is teaching us. He is saying, understand the people you're coming into contact with, they need to respond to his worthiness on earth. If they don't respond to to his worthiness while they are still living, they are headed for an eternal hell for forever. So you gotta ask the question, naturally, we are presented with why is Jesus worthy? Based on uh, verse nine, why is he worthy? Number one, he was slain. Number two, he bled. Number three, he purchased you with his blood. So he didn't just bleed, but John is sure to tell you, he didn't just bleed, but this is what it looks like for the son of God. He purchased you with the blood that he bled. Right, And so this is our core message of saying, as I go, as I sacrificially go, as I sacrificially give, as I sacrificially leave behind family and friends and all the things that I sacrifice, I am going because he is worthy. How is he worthy? He was slain, he bled, and he purchased you with his blood. All these things are how we get to heaven. And so therefore, since all these things are how we get to heaven, these things are why we go, right? So it's not just, okay, I'm going to go to heaven because of these things. No, these things are why I'm going to be in heaven one day. And so therefore, they're going to infiltrate every single thing about my life here on earth. And so they're going to, heaven is kind of fueling me in this moment, right? Heaven is kind of leaning in in this moment as I understand why he is worthy, as I understand why they are singing to him. We're not just looking in some future event. We're looking in to heaven is saying, please, like, let this in your life, right? When you let this in your life, when you let the fact that Jesus was slain, that he bled, and that he purchased you, right, with a very high price, we see lives change through that. We don't sit here and say, in order to receive salvation, you must be a good person. We don't sit here and say, in order to receive salvation, you must be baptized, no, according to scripture, in order to receive salvation, you've got to understand, number one, that you're a sinner, and number two, that Jesus is who he says he was, right? And this is what we go and proclaim. So our goal in all this is to spread the gospel to as many people as possible, see them respond to the gospel, and join them in singing to the Lamb for all of eternity. Think about this as we break this down just for a minute. Our goal is to spread the gospel to as many people as possible, just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. As we dove into the reality and the risk of missions, it, it is our goal, it is our calling, it is the heartbeat of Cottage Hill College to never put a limit on the amount of people that are in this room with us. It is the heartbeat. We are never to be content with how many people come in this room. We are never to be content with how many people are baptized. We are never to be content with, oh, we had this many. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. No, absolutely not. Like, let's celebrate. But at the same time, there are many people out there who were dying and going to hell. So we know that our goal, according to scripture, the more and more people that come in this place, hear the gospel and respond to the gospel, why do we do that? For the glory of God, right? Just like we talked about a couple weeks ago. We do this for the glory of God. So we go, we spread the gospel to as many people as possible, we see them respond to the gospel, and then we join them in singing to the Lamb for eternity. So basically what we are doing, whenever we are in missions, whenever we are going out, what these missionaries are doing as they go to all their different camps, their different country, wherever they're going this summer, 
What you're basically doing whenever you present the gospel and let people understand that their reward is to, in, in all of eternity is to sing to the Lamb, you are saying, I want to invite you to an eternal concert. I want to invite you to this eternal concert that says, I want you to sing with me how worthy the Lamb is. I want you to over and over again, let's sing and let's rejoice and let's sing praise to the one who actually bought our salvation, right? This is what we're doing. We're not saying, all right, we're going to keep our salvation to ourselves. No, we're saying we're going to go see people respond and we're going to essentially invite them for all of eternity to take part in what God has invited us to take part in. This is a universal truth about the gospel. Everyone is meant for it. Like, let's go sing to the Lamb forever. Leads us to point number two. Our reward is to circle the throne. So John goes from the reward being sing to the Lamb. That's very clear. But he also goes into the fact of we are created to circle the throne. Verses 11 and 12. So as John continues, just like I said, whenever you see I heard or I looked, you need to pay attention. John says, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Our reward is to find ourselves circling the throne. So here's the natural question. Why do we circle the throne? Here it is. Because the one who sits on it is while we were born, while we respond to the gospel, while we tell people about the gospel, and while we see death as a victory. So in other words, death equals eternal worship. This is why you and I are not on the throne. This is why in this life, God is not asking you, what brings you the most pleasure because I want to give it to you. This is why the gospel does not say, please chase your pleasures and everything will be given to you and you will be okay. There's a reason as to why you and I are not on the throne is because we are the created and he is the creator. So why are we circling the throne? Because there is no other point to life other than the one that is on the throne. He is the one that supplies all of our breath. He's the one that sustains us. He is the one that is sovereign. And so we see death as a victory because of this. Death in the long term, we see that it equals eternal worship. So get this in your mind, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself this summer, why in the world am I doing this? Surely there's a reason, surely there's a reward to this. The whole idea is we are created to circle the one who first knitted us together, right? We are created to circle the throne and to sing to the one who gives us all purpose, all authority, all boldness, all joy, you name it, he gives it. So God, forever, we're gonna acknowledge that, we're gonna circle your throne. So the people you encounter this summer are created to eventually circle the throne. Next time, let me encourage you, next time you come into contact with the fear that you have that is brought up in your heart or in your mind next time because we all struggle whether it's fear of being rejected whether it's fear of not knowing what to say whatever the case may be whether it's fear of uh, actually just speaking to people like I've never done that before next time you experience that or it tries to hold you back like a weight understand every person you encounter no matter where you are whatever country whatever city whatever campus whatever field you're in playing with these kids at camp no matter where you are everybody you encounter they're created to eventually circle the throne ask yourself is this person going to circle the throne. 
Ask yourself, is this person headed in a direction to where they are going to circle the throne one day? And if they're not, I need to do something about it. Why? Because I know that I am the plan A to get this person out of hell. God has done everything to get to you and me and to them. And now it is on us. He has handed the ball to us in our court and he is saying, you're my plan A. You speak up and you talk. So whenever you struggle, and I'm not going to say you're never going to struggle or never going to fear, it's going to happen. Whenever it does happen, remind yourself of the greater purpose of why you're doing this. They're created to circle the throne. They're created to sing to the king forever. So Ask yourself the question, what are we singing? John kind of describes here what we're singing. Number one, we're singing about his worthiness. According to verse 12, his worthiness, his power, his riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise, right? So basically, everything that first captivated you, if you were a follower of Jesus, everything that first captivated you to follow Jesus in the first place that's what you're going to sing about forever and ever and ever. I can tell you when I was nine years old, man, I was captivated by his worthiness, right? When I got saved and I chose to surrender my life at nine years old, I was captivated by this God's power, by his miracles. The things that first captivated you is what you're going to sing about, saying, God, we, we thank you. God, for your worthiness, no one is worthy like you are. God, your power is unmatchable. Your riches, God, none of us can fathom that. Your wisdom, God, we need those things. Your strength, God, no one is as strong as you. No one is sovereign like you. God, we honor you. God, you have all the glory in heaven and on earth and under the earth. God, we're going to praise you forever and ever. This is the eternal song and the reward for why we do what we do. Do you see that? It's going to be a full circle moment of not just responding on earth, even though it starts on earth. It starts on earth, but all of eternity we're going to be like, man, that didn't just captivate me for a few years. Like my breath, my life is like a vapor and it's gone like that. It didn't just captivate me, but it kept my attention for all of eternity. God is worthy. He is so much more powerful than my sin and than my shame, and so I'm going to sing to him forever. Leads us to point number three. Our reward is to join creation. So this is where we see all of creation joining together. This is powerful. Verse 13, then I heard every creature <clears throat> in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, amen, and the, four, and the elders fell down and they worshiped. Isn't it interesting here how the idea of how specific John is being in this moment, the fact that we are to join creation forever and ever and ever. So really, essentially, what we see here is that, is that praise is to be shared with creation. Praise is to be shared with creation. Praise is never to be a selfless thing that you keep to yourself for all of your life. Praise is to never be something that you say, oh, absolutely, I praise, I have received the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to keep it to myself, and I'm going to be selfish with it. That's the exact opposite of what John is telling us here. 
He is saying, if you have the praise of heaven, if you have the praise of the creator, then you're going to share that with creation. You're going to share that with other human beings. You're going to share that with people that need to be praising Jesus as well. Verse 13, he was very specific, every creature in heaven. So think about this. He covers all of his bases in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them. John says, let me just, let me just really let you know that praise is for all creation. In other words, everything that is in the category of created, they're going to praise the creator together. In fact, there is nothing and no one meant to not praise our God. And this is what we have the audacity and the authority to proclaim this summer as we send these people out. So I believe what it is saying is that all creation is created by God and for God. And you're like, man, I've, I've heard that before. Just think of Colossians 1.16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So it's basically like Colossians and Revelation are like, all right, we're partners in this mission, right? Like we're going to shake hands on this. We are partners. All creation is created by God and for God. And you have to think to yourself, and this, this is just you personally, like, am I keeping praise to myself? If I claim to be a follower of Jesus, if I claim that I truly understand what Jesus has done for me, who I am in his sight, I am unclean, I'm not worthy, I am not holy, and he is. And therefore, I've given my life to him. If you're in that category and you say, yeah, that's me, are you keeping your praise to yourself? And like, why? Why are you keeping praise to yourself? Why do you not share that with other people? Why do you not invite other people in for that praise with you? If praise is meant to be shared with all of creation, you're created and you're not sharing it with someone else who was created. So here's the picture that one day everything will be made right and there will be global unity just like John is talking about here in Revelation 5. But until then, we are to sacrificially give, go, and spread the good news of Jesus for his glory and for their salvation. And I, I can just be honest with you, based just on my personal experience, this is what these 20 or so people have done from our group. I don't have to talk to them and ask them if they've sacrificially prayed over this decision. I don't have to sacrificially ask them if they have sacrificially given for the mission they're going on, because I know they have. I was that broke college student. I'm still broke because I have a kid, but I was once that broke college student. And I was like, God, I know I need to go on a mission, but how, how do I do it? I have a part-time job, and it really don't pay anything. Like, how do I do this? These people, they have sacrificed many things. They have sacrificed family and friends. They, they have sacrificed time with people this summer. And they're like, man, during the semester, there's really no time. The summer's all I have, but I know that I have a bigger, a bigger mission this summer than spending time with friends or family, and I'm going to go. So that is our goal, is to sacrificially give, go, and spread the good news for his glory and for their salvation. I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, this God is sign from our first worship. Was anybody at our first worship night by, by any chance this semester? If you guys remember this, uh, as people walked in, they, they wrote down, first thing that came to mind, like, God is what? Like, like wh what, is, what is God? Who is God to you? And I just, I couldn't help but to bring this full circle tonight. From our first time meeting this semester, praying over the semester, understanding who God is 
before we even start the semester and then closing it out with looking at the exact things that you guys wrote down that very first night and to just say and just to believe the fact that as you go, you, you need to understand what you know about God is exactly what other people need to know about God. The only problem is many people do not know this. They do not know that God is better, right? They, they have no idea that God is loving. Even after all the mistakes, they have no idea. They've gone in this pit. They have no clue. They have no idea that God is intentional. They have no idea that God is gentle and lowly. They have no idea that God is patient with sinners. Like these people you're going to come into contact with, right? As we send these people out, this board that we take for granted so much, it, it is one of those things where we look at it and we're like, man, I get it now. Who I understand God is and how he acts in my life, other people need to see this and they need to understand this as well. Even the goat, I don't know who wrote the goat, but someone needs to understand that God is the goat. Someone needs to see that, right? That's my favorite, by the way, but they're all biblical, they're all good. Someone needs to see, man, it is worth it. It is worth it to give my life to him. So as we are gonna close out here in just a moment. I'm gonna ask the missionaries that are gonna be commissioned to come up here and to just stand right here in the front for us as we go into this time of commissioning them. What they're gonna do is, uh, there you go, is they are basically going to let you know, number one, who they are. I, I'm, I don't think that all of you guys have, uh, you know, that y'all have met every single person, that y'all know them. So they're going to say who they are, uh, where they go to school, where they're going to be serving, and how long they're going to be serving there. So I'll let them take the floor. Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm an elementary education major at South. Um, I'm going to Anchorage, Alaska this summer to interact with a bunch of children who've never been to church and who've never heard the gospel before. Um, I get to work through summer camp for them. And I get to be there a little over a week um, with a bunch of people that are at my parents' church. So I'm excited for that. Hi, I'm Bailey Grace Long, and I go to South. And I will be going to Salt Lake City with my church back home for a week. And then additionally, I'll be going to Super Summer, Alabama, which is a camp that will be hosted at UM. And I'll be there for a week as well. I'm Hannah. Um, I go to South, and I will be working with Fuse Camps this summer on the Southern Travel Team. So I will be in... Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama from June 2nd through July 21st. Hi, I'm Becca. I go to Coastal Alabama, and I will be going with the college group to Montana for a little over a week. Hey, I'm Peyton. I go to South, and I'll be serving with Mississippi Super Summer in Clinton, Mississippi. Hey, I'm Molly Grace, and I go to the University of Mobile. And I will be serving um, third and fourth graders in Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, and Jackson, Mississippi for six weeks. Hey, I'm Micah. I'm a graduate of the University of Mobile, and I will be going to Montana this summer. Hey, I'm Nathan. I am a music education major at the University of Mobile. This summer I'll be um, traveling for 10 weeks around the southeast uh, with Connect Camps, being a pack leader and a worship leader. What's up, guys? Um, my name is Sean, and I go to South Alabama, but I'm going to be an event director for student life camps, um, basically for like two and a half months throughout the summer, traveling all around from like Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, kind of hitting everything. Yeah, uh, I'm Kenneth Moore, and I'll be alongside Micah uh, 
we're going to Montana for a mission trip, uh, hopefully to share the gospel to a bunch of people that's never heard it. So, Hey guys, I'm Hannah Bott. Um, I go to UM and I'm an intercultural studies major. I'll be spending 10 weeks in South Dakota working a summer camp. My name is Jacob. Uh, I'm a junior at the University of Mobile. Uh, I'll be going to Puerto Rico for a week. Um, I'm Anna. I'm, I go to South, and I'll be a VBS leader in Oklahoma. I'm Macy, and I'll be going to Montana for a week, and I'm from South. Hi, I'm Grace. I'm from South. Um, I'm going to spend a few months in South Carolina working for Fuge, and then I'm going to Africa for over a week. Hey guys, I'm Taylor. Uh, I'm a junior at South, and I'm going to be serving as an intern at my church back home in Birmingham. All right, hey y'all, y'all, give them, give it up for them real quick. Thanks, buddy. Wireless mics are a blessing from the Lord. Um, but hey, listen, the whole idea is for, as these guys stay up here, is for you to know who they are, who is in your college ministry, where they're going, how to be praying for them. And so how we're going to transition is just like we have for the past couple years, if you've been a part of our group for any amount of time, there's going to be some things pop up on the screen. So for example, if you'll go ahead and put the first one up there. Um, There'll be something I say, and then we'll go to the missionaries, and then they're going to say their line all together, and then the audience, you guys are going to say your line all together, and we're going to keep doing that uh, just for a little while, and then we'll all come together at the very end, and we'll say something all together. So I'll get us started, because one day God's glory will fill the whole earth. Because there is salvation and no one else. Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Because God deserves the praise of all people. All right, and all together, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us so that his way may be known on earth, his salvation among all nations. You guys did incredible. That was amazing. I love it. Hey, what we're going to do.